Since late 2013, card security has gotten renewed attention from the public and congressional leaders who have questioned why current card technologies and the payments infrastructure have been vulnerable to attack. Now, some seven months after the malware attack that compromised Target, how much progress have U.S. retailers and card issuers made toward expected EMV migrations, the implementation of end-to-end encryption, tokenization, and ongoing PCI compliance? Here, Bob Russo, General Manager of the PCI Security Standards Council, offers his take on the current state of the U.S. payments industry. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. Bob, our interview today is timely for a couple of reasons. For one, you recently spoke before the U.S. Chamber of Commerce about cybersecurity and public-private partnerships that aim to reduce cyber risks among small businesses. Secondly, we're talking just as news about yet another noteworthy card breach that impacted restaurant chain P.F. Chang's is just unfolding. With so much emphasis on card security in the last seven months, and even before that really, why are we continuing to see merchants breached? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Tracy. The rash of these high-visibility data breaches really highlight two things that we're seeing that management has to be concerned about. First, your business is really always at risk. And second, really, we have to have a major cultural shift uh, in how businesses think and view compliance and security. Just asking, am I compliant, really is not the same thing as do I have a strong security strategy for protecting my customer's payment card data? Um, security at the merchant and retail level requires really a daily coordinated focus on, again, people, process, and technology. That's really the only way that you'll keep your organization out of the breach headlines. Bob, security experts say PCI compliance just isn't effective at protecting card data. How do you respond to that? Well, this question really gets to the challenge that we see today, the focus on compliance over security. Compliance really doesn't equal security. There's too much focus on cramming for the test, you know, not being a good student all the year long, if you will. We have to change the conversation in the boardrooms and all the way down and across all of our businesses. Uh, a recent Verizon report really highlights compliance with the PCI uh, DSS as a key factor to data security. And this pretty much reiterates what we've seen in similar industry reports over the years. Those organizations that have security controls in place as part of complying with PCI standards really improve their chances both of avoiding a breach in the first place and of minimizing the resulting damage if they do get breached. But even with the best standards in place, these criminals are persistent in their attacks. No organization is immune, as we're beginning to see here. And this basically means that businesses have to be persistent in their defenses and rely, you know, not just on one layer of protection, but many layers of protection. This has to be a daily priority. It has to be built into their daily business practices and not a one-time effort, as we've seen in the past when people think of PCI. Bob, how would you say that these recent card breaches have or will change the focus of the PCI Council? Well, you know, our focus remains the same, working with the global community to continue to develop these standards and all the supporting programs and the educational and training resources that are going to provide businesses with a strong framework to protect that payment data. So we remain steadfast in what we do. 
Bob, what would you say is the current state of payment security in the U.S., and what needs to happen to improve it? Would that be more regulatory oversight of merchants or just more information sharing? Well, from our perspective, information sharing and awareness is certainly a critical part you know, to create the demand for better security protections for consumer information. The government can and really should play a greater role in encouraging stronger law enforcement efforts worldwide and promoting information sharing between the public and the private sector. PCI continues to work in cooperation uh, with the government providing expertise and innovation and ideas to NIST and to DHS and to other government entities. As an example, we participated in a panel just yesterday on the cyber security framework that was developed by NIST and DHS as a public-private sector effort to help businesses reduce their cyber risks. And so how would you answer the question about the current state of payment security in the U.S.? You know, I think it's, it's certainly heightened at this point. You know, anytime there is a breach or anytime there's something in the news, which unfortunately seems to be almost every week these days, you know, it heightens the security. You know, it's, it's a sad fact of life that people will begin to take notice when these things begin to happen. So, I mean, you can just hear phones ringing off the hook the day after one of these things is announced in the papers or online, CEOs calling their risk people and their IT people saying, that can't happen to us, can it? And then people looking to see what it is they need to make sure that their defenses are shored up. So, you know, I think it's certainly heightened everybody's security efforts at this point, which, you know, unfortunately the way it happened, but certainly a good thing as far as we're concerned. So that's a nice segue. What have retailers in the U.S. done to reassure their security postures in the wake of the breaches that we saw at Target and Neiman Marcus earlier this year? Well, you know, from what we can see, there's a lot of progress being made in this area. We're actually, with EMV coming, you know, we're a member of the EMV Migration Forum uh, which is a cross-industry coalition group that's focused on guiding uh, EMV chip adoption here in the United States. So, I mean, certainly with that coming, everybody is getting ready for it. You know, according to the latest estimates by year-end, we expect to see about 100 million cards in the market. By this time next year, we're predicting that the U.S. market will have uh, issued more EMV chip cards than the U.K. and Canada combined. So, you know, I think people are taking notice and, and getting ready for this for sure. So, Bob, your response here might be redundant, but would you say that we're any closer to EMV chip technology adoption today than we were seven months ago? Oh, a- absolutely. You know, as we hear more and more about these breaches and, you know, at certainly at the beginning of the year, when all of these uh, hearings were happening down in Washington, you know, we participated in six hearings, and there were more than nine hearings ultimately that were done uh, because of these breaches. And one theme that kept coming up over and over again was EMV and how EMV was yet one more tool in an arsenal of tools to help protect this data. Um, you know, certainly by itself, EMV is a wonderful fraud tool in a face-to-face environment. But, you know, I think everybody now has heightened awareness of EMV. I believe people are, you know, rushing to get their systems EMV ready at this point to add that additional layer of security. Now, EMV by itself, you know, certainly isn't enough to prevent all of this. We're, we're looking at other technologies like tokenization and point-to-point encryption, but certainly EMV is on everyone's mind at this point, and we're moving much quicker now to becoming EMV than we were seven months ago. 
So, Bob, could you elaborate a bit on the council's stance relative to EMV end-to-end encryption and tokenization? Why does the council say that all three of these technologies are essential? Well, first of all, the complex nature of today's threat environment really emphasizes the importance of having a multi-layered approach to security. And certainly tokenization and encryption are both important additional technologies to help further limit the payment card data from being stolen. So as the market migrates payment terminals to support the deployment of EMV chip, you know, we encourage everybody to consider these additional layers of security for data protection you know, through these other approaches. Certainly there's no silver bullets here, and one specific technology approach is really not going to address all of the security challenges that we're seeing out there. So the potential for a breach and the damages that are caused by a breach can certainly be mitigated if the entity has preventative and detective and uh, incident response controls, which, again, combine people, process, and technology, like those that are outlined in the PCI standards. So the PCI standards are really a critical layer of defense in this ongoing battle against these cyber criminals, and those technologies certainly add to the layers. Bob, I wanted to toss in some information from our just-closed Faces of Fraud survey for 2014. According to that survey, banking institutions are very concerned about retail security. In fact, 65% of them say that debit and credit card fraud is among their top three fraud concerns. 56% of them say the U.S. must move now to implement EMV, which supports what you were talking about earlier. But do you think that banking institutions as card issuers are putting too much faith in EMV to stop or prevent card fraud? Well, you know, as I said, EMV chip provides excellent benefits for fraud reduction, you know, in a face-to-face environment. We've seen this in other countries. EMV is a technology that's, you know, a dozen years old, so we've got lots of experience. You know, but we've also seen how these cases of fraud rapidly move to other channels once you close this window on that face-to-face fraud, such as e-commerce, where, you know, EMV chip really doesn't provide you the same protections as it does in the face-to-face environment. So those of us who live and breathe this payment security are poised for the shift at this point. And, you know, as we're a global standards organization, we've been working for some time now with Europe and the other regions on ensuring that EMV chip is used with the PCI standards for that multi-channel security throughout the entire transaction process. And we're continuing to beat that drum here in the U.S. You know, this is also where those other technologies like tokenization come into play, which can certainly provide increased security in that e-commerce area uh, that we're concerned about. So, yeah, you know, I think they're, they're putting a lot of faith in EMV, certainly, as we move to EMV because of the fraud reduction in the face-to-face environment. But, uh, you know, I don't think that they're losing sight of the fact that there needs to be more than just EMV chip to protect this data as well. Bob, going back to our survey, 70% of the more than 200 banking institution respondents that took the survey say that their customers were impacted by the target breach. 57% of them also said that merchants and vendors must encrypt customer data. Why aren't merchants doing more of this now? Well, I'm not actually familiar with the survey, but 
what I can tell you, Tracy, is that the council recommends the use of point-to-point -point encryption technology through its point-to-point -point encryption standard and the supporting programs that we have. And when you implement this properly, these solutions really ensure that the payment card data is encrypted from the point of entry, you know, such as a secured POS terminal, and not decrypted into a really secured zone. You know, we're also actively engaged with industry stakeholders to continue developing the encryption standards usable for various types of merchants' needs that they have out there. So, yeah, people are more in tune with this at this point, and I really believe merchants are trying to do more of it. It's not a simple process, so it may seem like they're not really uh, doing a lot of it, but they certainly are from what we can see. Bob, I noted earlier that you had discussed some of these cybersecurity concerns before the U.S. Chamber. Were some of the recent retail breaches such as Target, Neiman Marcus, and Sally Beauty among the topics that you discussed? You know, these breaches really provided a backdrop for the discussion, which was specifically about how we can work together, the private and the, and the public sector, to help small businesses better arm themselves against the breaches. You know, one of the discussion points that came up was that these smaller organizations are oftentimes working with the big retailers and other companies, and if they have weak security, it's an easy way for the hackers to use them to gain access into these larger organizations. You know, we saw that in the target breach. It really emphasizes the shared nature of security today. Bob, PCI, of course, is a global security standard. It's not just something that's focused on card security in the U.S. So coming from a global perspective, is PCI facing the same challenges in other parts of the world as it's facing here in the U.S.? Certainly. You know, it's a global standard, but each country and each region of the world has different payment systems and different infrastructures. So each region has to have its unique challenges when it comes to PCI and, more importantly, security. But, you know, if these breaches show us anything, it's that the cyber threats and data security are certainly not just a U.S.-centric issue. I mean, we're seeing them all over the world. Something we're seeing globally is low awareness of payment card security among the small businesses. And, uh, you know, this is a real challenge for us in reaching them directly, which is why we've just launched a new global awareness initiative to educate the small businesses on password protections for payments. We're asking global organizations to join us in this coalition to educate these small businesses on making smart and secure choices when it comes to using and changing passwords on computers and payment systems to protect their customers' confidential information and therefore reduce their chances of being breached. And you can find out more about this on our small business section of the PCI SSC website. And then, Bob, before we close, are there any final thoughts about the future of card security and the international role that the council plays that you'd like to share with our audience? Sure. You know, we're continuing to grow and expand our reach globally thanks to increased participation in the PCI community. And as a result, uh, this year, for the first time, we'll be holding a two-day community meeting in the Asia-Pac region, meaning we now have three full-scale meetings, one in North America, one in Europe, and one in Asia-Pac. And the challenge to protect payment card data certainly is a global one. And as we look ahead, we're going to need to continue to drive involvement from everyone around the world. So spread the word, and hopefully we'll get the upper hand on payment card security. 
Bob, I'd like to thank you again for your time this afternoon. Thank you. Again, we've just heard from Bob Russo of the PCI Security Standards Council. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.